Well, hello everyone. I am Matt Williamson. How is everyone doing this fine day? Another beautiful day in Pittsburgh in the South Hills here. And we are preparing for Super Bowl weekend. Pretty psyched up about that matchup. I'm going to mention those teams a little in the second half of today's pod. But I owe you guys some final stats on the Steelers offense. We still have the whole defense to cover. Want to go over that quickly for the first half of the podcast and then talk about something that you'll see a lot on Sunday, but also influences the Steelers quite a bit. So the Steelers offense was on the field this year for 1,135 snaps, including the playoff game. So 18 games, 1,135. 20 different players on offense played 131 snaps or more. 18 players played 202 snaps or more. 16 players played over 400 snaps. Mason Cole didn't miss a snap all year. Now, that's great, but what if that was Zach Frazier or Powers Johnson from Oregon or a free agent that's better than Mason Cole and didn't miss a snap all year? I mean, that's one-eleventh of your snaps on offense all went to, frankly, one of your worst players. So, The other Steelers players that played over 1,000 snaps last year were Isaac Siamalu. He played just over 1,100, so he barely missed any time either, 1,104. Dan Moore, which is a similar conversation to to Cole, but I think Cole needs replaced more than more, more than more. Uh, He also was at 1,017 snaps, and James Daniels was at 1,100 snaps. Now, you guys might remember this from last year, that in 2022, the Steelers' offensive line was the healthiest in all of football. This past year, it's pretty darn close as well. I mean, again, Cole, Siamalu, Moore, Daniels, hardly ever missed time, and Jones got in the lineup not because of injuries necessarily. You know, We know that situation. So just keep that in mind. The chances of the Steelers' O-line being the, basically the healthiest in the league three years in a row – Best of luck with that. So just keep depth in mind more than usual with this offseason. Also, in terms of snap count, um, George Pickens, he just missed a 1,000. He was at 987. And that was by far, by far, the most of any Steelers position player. I mean, so J- Johnson missed time. Running backs are going to rotate, et cetera, et cetera. So Pickens was out there an awful lot this year and got better. We're going to talk about him a little bit, too. Um, just among the quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett played 668, Rudolph played 265, and Trubisky played 202. So he, Pickett was out there for more than half of the snaps, but in that neighborhood. This might shock you. The Steelers committed 13 offensive holding calls and 12 false start penalties. Now, I'm not counting decline penalties. But league average for holding calls is 17.8 per team. Steelers only had 13. And false starts, league average is 19.6. Steelers only had 12. So might shock you with the some of the O-line stuff was very lightly penalized this year. And I can't say this enough. It's very important, and it's not an excuse for how things went last year, but these are facts, that per EPA, looking back at the season, Only the Bengals and Colts faced a tougher slate of opposing defenses than the Steelers this past year. So 
that's important. I mean, I can't stress that enough. This isn't 162 game baseball season where it all equals out. I mean, this is a small sample size. Some teams, some sides of the ball just have easier roads than others. There's just no way around that. So I think that's very important when analyzing the Steelers offense from 2023. Guys, the big game is finally here. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props, the dozens of odds, props, and info on hundreds of sports, events, politics, and entertainment, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime from your desktop or your mobile device. Super easy. Head to Bet Online today and stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. So we, of course, have referenced the Sunday game and the on a per per reception, the Niners are the best team in the league yards after the catch. And frankly, they have been like every year. I mean, their scheme, which we'll get to, and their players, they, they go out of their way to get great yak players. But their scheme is extremely important with this, too. And it's not just Debo. Kittle's tremendous. McCaffrey's tremendous. Even Juszczyk for a fullback is really, really good after the catch. But guess who's second? The Chiefs. (laughs) So these are the best two teams in the league yards after the catch offensively. Coincidence? No, I don't think so. You know, we talked about play callers a little bit yesterday. Shanahan and Reed are as good as it gets. And play calling has a lot to do with yards after the catch. So there's two stats that I think people don't look at the right way, or at least need to alter the way they look at it. Sacks taken and yards after the catch. Both are more quarterback stat than most tend to realize. I'm not going to harp on sacks. That's not what we're here to talk about. But Peyton Manning couldn't move. Well, he could move a little bit within the pocket, but his brain, knowing where the pressure's coming from, how to get the ball out, all those type of things, he didn't take many sacks. You know, like some of these dudes, you don't have to protect them incredibly well for them not to take sacks. Well, the same thing's true with yard after the catch. If your quarterback isn't accurate, which is the biggest problem going in Atlanta last year, the accuracy in Atlanta during the, the Smith era there, Horrific. I mean, ball placement, not just completing passes, but ball placement, awful. So you have to have an accurate ball to create yards after the catch. It also comes down to scheme. You know, we talked about Shanahan and Reed. This past year, 2023 for the Steelers, it got better schematically. You know, we saw Pickens with some big catch and runs, more in-breaking routes. But boy, the year before, If you think about it, I know this was a long time ago, but so many route concepts were the receiver coming back to the line of scrimmage with his shoulders parallel to the line of scrimmage or his feet totally stopped, you know, I mean, a static position standing there waiting for the football. That's just awful play design. I mean, I'm not saying you can't have comeback routes and zip routes and things like that in your your playbook, 
But the fact that they were so heavy with them and they were so heavy with go routes, it's hard to create after the catch with a go route unless you just blow by the corner, catch the ball and run in a straight line down the sideline. Just keep on trucking, you know, so there's not a lot of art or skill to that either. They led the league in go routes. So it did get better. And I think that they have shown that Pickens is exceptional after the catch. I mean, I think he's got a lot. I'm not saying he's Debo Samuel, but I think he's a very, very good with physicality, vision, acceleration, change of direction. I think Deontay gets a bum rap for what he does after the catch because, frankly, he does some dumb things like catch the ball, go backwards, and then go forward. Although some of that is route concept whenever you're coming back to the line of scrimmage anyway. But he was a dynamic punt returner. I think he's very elusive. I think he's very good with the ball in his hands. Sometimes he's just not super smart with the ball in his hands. I think Fryermuth is a plus player after the catch. Same with Hayward. Both the backs, especially Warren, are fine in that capacity, especially Warren. Who really knows about Austin? Who knows about receivers to be named later? So I, where I'm going with this is, I know this goes especially back to Tennessee, but Arthur Smith should create much more yards after catch or at least more consistent yards after the catch than we've seen in the last couple of years. Again, it did get better in 2023. I'm not ignoring that. It was definitely better. But off of play action, hitting guys in stride, like if you go watch A.J. Brown's highlights with the Titans, so much of it is play action, uh, an in-breaking route. He shrugs off a smaller corner and just keeps going. A lot of hit-you-in-stride stuff. So I think that's something to look forward to. I think that's going to be a byproduct of especially play action, but Arthur Smith, I mean, those things should go up. And I think the Steelers are capable of better taking advantage of yards after the catch opportunities and putting themselves in situations to create more. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be the Chiefs or Niners, but pay attention on Sunday. I mean, that game could come down to tackling. You know, who misses a tackle? Who's not in the right position on a, after the catch? You know, tackling the catch or taking away the middle of the field where a lot of yards after catch comes, you know, it's hard to get yards after catch on an out route or down the sidelines and someone can just bump you out of bounds. A lot of yards after catch comes over the middle, in stride, in motion. So the team that tackles best, you know, takes the best angles and takes away the middle of the field defensively might end up winning that game. And, you know, look at it through a Steelers lens a little bit. Like, boy, it'd be nice to have some after the catch, more after the catch from a pretty good set of weapons. And I think we will get that going forward with Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator. All right, guys, thanks. Talk to you soon. Over and out. 